0: Hello and welcome back to the Style Stories podcast. I'm your host, personal stylist, Lisa Gilby, and this is a podcast that discusses fashion, style and image for those of us over 40. So maybe you were one of the kids at school that didn't feel like you fitted in or you weren't one of the in crowd or the cool crowd. I think we've all gone through those kinds of feelings and, you know, worrying about what we wear at certain points in life. But my guest today always felt that she was a bit different. She was never into fashion or style. And then eventually, at the age of 38, she was diagnosed with autism, so fairly late in life. But actually, as you're going to hear in the podcast, that is pretty common for that to happen. She's now on a voyage of discovery with her style and her image and her identity. It's really, really fascinating. Um, I've just become aware, really, of inclusive fashion. There are a few brands out there now that do design for people with disabilities but Sarah Louise physical disabilities I'm talking about Sarah Louise is now involved in a fashion label which is creating clothes specifically for people on the autism spectrum which is really interesting so I hope you enjoy this episode today. Hello and welcome back to the Style Stories podcast and this week I have got with me Sarah-Louise Ackrell of Wired Differently and we're going to be talking, this is a really, really interesting subject this week, about fashion style for neurodivergent people. Now neurodivergent to kick off with is a term that I only really learned last week by talking to Sarah and I just would like really for her to explain a bit about her background, and we can talk about that term and what that means. But we're just going to get into really um, how she felt about fashion when she was young, and how now she's really exploring the fashion world and you know using it for her identity. It's really really interesting journey that she's been on, and she's even you know involved in inclusive fashion in a fashion label as well. So I really want to get into that and talk about that as well. So welcome, Sarah Louise. Thank you for
1: coming on. Hi. Thank you, Lisa.
0: And if you wouldn't mind just giving me a bit of background about who you are and, you know, your story, really, a bit of your story and Wired Differently as well,
1: your business. Yes, of course. Thank you. So I'm Sarah. I'm the founder of Wired Differently, um, which is a a company that specializes in products and services, as you said, for neurodivergent people. Um, The priorities at the moment are a specialist um, VA service for neurodivergent leaders. Um, a clothing and accessories line which is being designed um, as a collaboration with Marla Majeva and Rashmita Alam in Toronto and they are really quite uh, well-known inclusive fashion designers and also um, professors of inclusive fashion and inclusive fashion is a great area we'll go into Um, and also an app which is an emotional support app so yeah it's, it's great to be here because I am on a bit of a journey of self-discovery. Um, I'm 42 um, and I was diagnosed as autistic um, just at 38 so very very common for neurodivergent women in particular to be diagnosed so late. Feeling, Were you feeling like you were noticing that you felt
0: a bit different and was it a relief when you found when you got this this diagnosis
1: yeah yeah it was um I am actually a trained therapist and all my projects come from uh my background as a therapist and so um I can sort of speak as as me and from a therapy perspective but yes a it is really common for us to be late diagnosed we are particularly good at being chameleons too much. Um, We're very, very good at adapting to an environment, working out what pleases people, what behaviour is expected, ticking all the boxes, going off and having a total meltdown, feeling absolutely rubbish, can't match our own socks, have to build yourself back up again, get back out there, masking away, everyone loves you, everything's great, and then thinking what am I doing? You know, I actually feel quite poorly or in a real sort of disconnect with the world and smiling and grinning and laughing in all the right places and going for jobs that don't suit you because you can't sit down for nine hours in an office like what are we doing we've got to stop we've got to be ourselves a bit more and and try and change the world to accommodate us
0: and I think as well actually it's really really interesting because I mean you're you're quite a bit younger than than I am but um you know so that sort of still I think though that era when we grew up Hmm. you know what wasn't sort of the diversity and everything wasn't recognized. It was like, just get on with it. I think nowadays it's a bit more, they're a bit more understanding and there's more diagnosis happening, you know, things like that. So I guess environments hopefully are going to be tweaked a bit more going forward. Because like you say, like the masking thing is a survival. It's a, you know, fitting in, isn't it? Making yourself, forcing yourself to fit in which must be exhausting, but I I just want to talk now, we're going to talk more about identity and style later in the podcast. I just want to talk about the term neurodivergent.
1: Most people would say neurodivergent. It's basically, so neurodiversity refers to the whole spectrum um, of uh, neurodiversity, which is autism spectrum. You've got sensory processing disorder, dyslexia, ADHD. Just as an aside, 70% of entrepreneurs apparently have ADHD. (laughs) There's huge overlap between all of them. Um, and it comes from the social model of disability, which comes from the disability rights movement back in the 70s. Um, so we live in a world where people are diagnosed by the medical model, of course, which is based on things like the Diagnostic and Statisticians, Statisticians Manual 5, which classifies, you know, autism, ADHD, etc., as being under mental health. And then the social model says, yes, but if we could adapt workplaces and if we could look at relationships differently and the way that people live and the structures they're in actually people wouldn't be disabled by them and therefore they would thrive and therefore they would have less mental health problems which is more like your anxiety and depression again a huge overlap so neurodiversity is is not something a doctor would say but it is a growing movement that has been around for quite a while um, I think for me it can be easy sometimes working in neurodiversity to think that Everyone knows what neurodiversity is. Everyone's gonna accommodate you. I've got to be very realistic as well, because not everyone does know what it is. And there's a bit of educating that needs to happen um, for the sake of people who know nothing about it. And for the sake of people who actually are neurodivergent and don't know themselves. Um, for people who think they've just had a medical label plastered on them and there's no hope for them I think it's wonderful to think well actually if society changed you know we would as neurodivergent people be more empowered and therefore our traits would be less severe and we would function better and we'd have less meltdowns and and yeah we probably would come across a bit more like everyone else if society included us a bit more because only one in seven of us are neurodivergent which is actually i mean it's it's quite a lot of people but one in you know one in seven we are still obviously a very distinct minority
0: yeah i mean that that's i mean environment plays a, a huge part doesn't it understanding environment not just expecting everyone to be the the absolute same and you know that's when it comes to fashion as well getting dressed so fashion and i do want to go back to the inclusive Uh, label that you mentioned inclusive because I'm really interested in that. Um, (laughs) The fact that the fashion, the sort of, you know, you are you're expressing yourself to the world when you put an outfit on and you, you know, you've it's part of your identity. So what I wear is part of my identity, where I grew up, who I hung out with, what bands I listen to, what music I listen to, all of that kind of stuff. They're my tastes. So it's sort of like it's an in it's an inherent thing, but it's also something that I've been influenced in um Mm -hmm. by the environment that I grew up in and the environment I was in I was really interested when we had a chat before this last week about um you were saying that you weren't into fashion at all when you were a kid you 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 just you felt it's really recent that I've taken
1: an interest yeah
0: the recent thing you've taken interest because you want it's like you want to give yourself permission isn't it to Mm. kind of dabble and explore
1: I guess yeah it is It is that and I think that when you touched on late diagnosis um, that's a big factor because if you go through life not knowing who you are and what your tastes are how do you know what to wear if on top of that you have a propensity to being quite logical about things you're not particularly that bothered what people think you look like which I think is a driver for how a lot of people dress nicely in inverted commas they want feedback they want to know they look good I mean we all on a level want to know we look good but I think some people more than others I think I mean I can speak for myself but I think the neurodivergent community in general doesn't tend to be particularly materialistic Um, we tend to completely overlook things like that Um, and so I think if you're not particularly materialistic you're not really sure who you are you're, you're masking all the time so you're not really connected with what your own tastes are what do you wear? Well, you wear something that's comfy and appeals to your sensory side because, you know, we've got a disorder or a condition, uh, whatever you want to call it, which means that we often, you know, break down and recover with sensory help, sensory aids. Like I've got, you know, weighted blankets, hot bottles. I've got, you know, um, weighted gloves that I go for wearing. Um, so yes when I choose what to wear it's got to be soft it's got to be easy it's got to be nice and sort of i mean the the clothing we're designing in canada is described as butter soft that really appeals to me because i can sit down at a desk for 9 hours and work or or get through without having a meltdown if i'm physically comfortable so those are the criteria i'm looking at clothes with without possibly even realizing it unless i was talking to you i wouldn't be breaking it down into these bits but yeah but you you know so- name one person that goes to Topshop on a Saturday or whatever and and thinks oh I'm gonna buy that skirt because of xyz they just buy it because they like it and it suits them and I don't have that I don't have that um programmed into me I don't think I don't know what suits me for a start I'm just learning <laughs> you're just
0: getting into it now but it is it's that sort of you know when you you talked about um when we chatted last week about what you used to wear when you were a kid you said that you used to often wear your,
1: your mum's clothes and- <laughs> I did <laughs> I, I remember teetering around this small town that I'm from in Devon in like my mum's heels and this really mismatched jewellery for a girl of my age I mean I was probably then about 14 and you know um <laughs> clearly not age appropriate and I think my you know my friends or peers at the time would probably have been in like Nirvana t-shirts and jeans and, and, and these big chunky trainers or whatever and I would be there in my mum's heels and you know probably like nylons and that horrible like off beige off orange color sort of like tights you you wear and I just think <laughs> God, what well, I probably look like an old deer you know with respect Um, yeah, a person of the older generation I probably look like walking around my small town and uh, yeah I just look back and think god how did no one pick this up <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that's but that's my point right at the beginning because no one was blooming aware of it really were they and it just sort of flew under the radar I think I think
1: they probably just thought you know really too old for her age really weirdly childlike for her age a little bit too sure of herself but then weirdly incapable of matching her own socks on off days like who is this girl you know um And then you grow up and you're exactly the same because you tell yourself you'll leave school and and you'll be all these things. And you're you're just a bigger version of who you were at school, basically.
0: (laughs) I think we all are, to be honest. But I mean, I mean, you know, this, this, um, you know, the the fashion thing. I mean, the lack of so many people doesn't matter if you're neurodivergent or you're not or you're neurotypical you know lack of confidence in in what you wear is is really quite common and just you know lack of confidence in general and not having that clarity of what's Mm -hmm. and and once you do get to that point once you you know you do realize like you say give yourself permission to be yourself yeah yeah totally it's so powerful to just really kind of step into your authentic self as much as you can because then you can really you know when you've got that understanding of who you are you know now you're saying you've got you were, you've you got the weighted blanket and you've got the mm. you know you've got the weight these are soothing things that you can do for yourself mm. because you've got that lovely level of understanding now and then you know you said for some people on the spectrum maybe some there's some sensory issues there with the way they choose their clothes so they won't wear anything that's scratchy or you know I mean I mm. won't wear anything that's scratchy and loads of people I know you know got to be comfortable it's really important but I love what you, mm. the way you describe butter soft I mean that just sounds so nice
1: I want oh, to well be- that was Mana, actually to be fair well she's a designer you can tell can't you and, and professor yeah. of fashion so when we were going through our, our range um, we were discussing because we're, we're basing it on on heat uh, weight because um, you know if you have perhaps children in a special school we might be familiar with um, weighted clothes, weighted jackets, vests that squeeze you in, you know, there's lots of things that people in the workplace don't wear. That's something that people don't generally know about. Well, why not have that in the workplace? If There's so many people who are neurodivergent and there are companies selling this type of clothing for kids who are on the spectrum and diagnosed young and may or may not be in a special school or mainstream education. But in any case, this stuff exists, but in the working world people don't have this stuff so we've got a lap pad coming out which is basically an office-friendly um weighted blanket we've got a hidden hot water bottle coming out um, so that you can walk around the office with it and and not get a warning or you know period shamed or whatever across the office by your boss because you know there's loads of politics um when i did my research the politics around hot water bottles are crazy but then on top of that there's the actual range which is yeah butter soft it's going to be about weight heat it's going to be about pressure um and it's going to be about texture um and so it's really exciting because nobody is doing this yeah um and the inclusive fashion designers i'm being contacted by people around the world saying well i hear that you're doing this range about you know autism and we've never thought about doing that because there's some beautiful um inclusive fashion companies out there but they are focused on things like um differently fastening jeans for say for example if you're a wheelchair user um, if you're missing say an arm why would you wear a jumper or a t-shirt with two armholes or two sleeves so it's seems yeah. like it's adaptive fashion but nobody yet that I've come across um, and I've spoken to people around the world how are, are doing anything for neurodivergent people so that is quite exciting because also there's only 16% of autistic people um, in full-time paid work well especially now that lots of people can work from home, but we also have to be mindful that many, many people will never be able to work from home because their job doesn't adapt to that. If people are more comfortable at work, well, actually, they might be more able to work a longer day or a longer week and sustain themselves financially. Actually, clothing could make a huge difference to people. I know it does to me. What do you think it is about that?
0: What is it about the clothing, the feeling kind of... um, it's contained, is it? Is it like you want to feel? You know
1: what? It is, and that's a really good word for it. Um, that's yeah, that's a brilliant word for it. I'll, I'll give you an example. I used to be in recruitment. Um, obviously, it's quite cutthroat, and I was recruiting chefs, which is <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'd get up in the morning. Now, let's imagine I had a really long day ahead of me with people in my face and payroll to process and chefs storming out of restaurants. And you know, I knew I had loads of stress and people to manage, etc. I would get up and I would think, right, what do I need to get me through today? I can guarantee you I would have put on a body warmer for exactly the reason you've just said. It contains you. It's almost like wearing a flak jacket, isn't it? You feel like you're, you're stab vest. Yeah. But I just <laughs> felt safe. And actually, yes. with autistic people, it's not just feeling puffed up and like, I don't know. I should imagine a lot of people if they I mean, you see people in these big puffer jackets. Don't tell me it's not to make them feel a bit more sort of yeah, yeah I think I, so, I, yeah because it's I guess I, there's that
0: that's quite a hip-hop thing a lot of rappers wear the big puffer jackets don't they
1: yeah and you have to think to yourself there's got to be a reason that they want their shoulders out here where they're probably some like skinny guy or whatever but I think I think maybe part of it is like that whole I feel more solid I feel more sort of you know put together but on an autistic level there's definitely that I feel more self-contained the deep pressure that's exactly why I use a weighted blanket because deep pressure on you just makes you feel more grounded and more safe um yeah there's a lot to it and I'm not uh, a special educational needs expert although I do work with them um but yeah it is fascinating and I would also I'd wear lots of sort of like um fit and flare type cut dresses and that's why we're going to have those in a collection because the sort of thing where if you're having an off day and your postures or you know how you wear things and if you've got lovely posture you tend to be able to carry off lots of things but if you're having a day where you're tired and you're physically sort of like crawling out of your own skin and, and you're not holding yourself well and, and you know um, I find something like fit and flare is just an instant with a nice piece of jewellery and nice I mean I'm, I'm a sucker for ballet pumps I can't wear heels because I'm super super sensitive to things like that I think that's a sensory thing as well um and I'm also not particularly interested in dressing in a sexy way and that's been a real challenge because when I did think to myself right okay I've got a great sense of who I am now I'm running a company doing well everything's fine what what do I what am I supposed to look like am I am I going to go out there and look in a certain way and I thought well no I just want to have a bit of more fun I just want to do what you said at the beginning I want to give myself permission and so if you say to me well what five things would make you happy then I'd say things like bright perspex jewelry like um tatty divine i love tatty and i love i love that stuff and i love taratata which is a french jewelry line which is along the similar lines but just not perspex based and fun you know um i love kind of bright colors i love primary colors and i like fun and and creative looking stuff but do i want to look sexy not particularly and quite often dressing up does automatically mean looking sexy and I don't really see the logic of that because I don't want random strangers in Sainsbury's to go for I'm not saying they would or they wouldn't I just don't really want to put that out there and I don't think I'm alone in that but when you look around the clothing shop it is a bit sort of like well do you want to be frumpy or sexy I I just feel like there's not much in the middle right so you,
0: but you don't want I mean you know you don't want to be frumpy because you're interested no. on the side, but you don't see the logic in dressing in a provocative Kind no. of so it's just right yeah i mean i, I mean <laughs> yeah i mean when i was younger i was in mini skirts all the time but i mean you know now i i, I wouldn't you know
1: because of my because of my age that's, that's probably why. well. I think also though this stuff we internalize. Like, I mean, I'm not sure whether, and it doesn't matter if you did, but it, I'm not sure whether everyone that goes out wearing a mini skirt is trying to be provocative. I think that if you're going out with a group of friends and everyone's wearing mini skirts, or you want to go shopping for a skirt and that's the fashion and that's all the shops have, there's a cultural thing, isn't there? You buy into it. You don't consciously think, "I want to go out and look sexy." all the time but I think some yeah. clothing just culturally is slightly provocative I mean I'm not like a raging prude far from it but it just makes me wonder you know when you're designing and I'm sure you go through this with people as in your job when you're designing someone's style you know does it have to involve being sexy and if you're not are you frumpy do you look like a schoolmistress, or do you look like a little girl and how do you yeah, the balance. I mean, there definitely is a great middle bit, and I think that the way
0: to think about it, because you know, you're right. You don't you you don't want to look provocative, certainly not. You know, uh, it's inappropriate quite a lot. You know, to sort hmm. of, although at the moment, because we're in lockdown, I feel like in my rebellious side feels
1: like wearing a ball gown to Sainsbury's. <laughs> 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 Actually. <laughs> Actually, the other day, I sat down and wore a um, vintage dress at my laptop all day. I had no intention of going anywhere. And I just messaged my friend and said, I'm sat here in a vintage dress.
0: I think that's amazing. And do you know what? I'm wearing a tall skirt today, and I haven't even been out the house. And I, I don't care. It's just making me
1: feel a lot better. So basically, I... that genuinely is dressing for your own pleasure because nobody's even seeing you so there's no doubt that you are doing it for you I'm doing it totally for myself and
0: I love it (laughs) and
1: dressing really
0: should be for yourself as well and you know this is something Mm. as well that you're now picking up on you've given yourself permission to to get interested in fashion to explore your identity to explore the tatty divine and all the things that make your heart sing that you want to wear and I think that's absolutely brilliant and express yourself in that way and you talked about as well that fashion can be culturally provocative and that's Hmm. absolutely true you know and there's there's been things in the press about little girls with provocative oh that
1: winds me right up I just don't understand
0: yeah that's this country that's the UK that
1: was you know Primark
0: or wherever else I'm not really sure (sighs) name shame if I'm wrong I'm sorry but you know that there is this movement as well modest fashion Mm -hmm. and that is so inclusive fashion is something that I'm just uh, getting to know about now through you mm-hmm. really. but modest fashion has been huge even on catwalks and everything and that's for you know it's more religious based so um mm-hmm. and Jewish really strict Jewish people as well so can't wear you know any flesh showing yep. or anything like that so everything has to be full length you know and that's mm. that's become there's, there's a lot of designers out there that design for that marketplace. So mm. modest fashion, and that's a cultural thing as well, and a really mm. good thing. So it's interesting that none of these things would have, have existed at all mm. years ago, except for traditional dress, you know, maybe traditional, yeah. you know, obviously burqas and things like that, that kind mm. of thing. In a fashion sense, I'm talking.
1: Yeah I can see how there's definitely got to be a market for that and that makes absolute sense. It's just I suppose it's about taking maybe bits of that and bringing it you know dialing it down a bit for a a sort of like you know not particularly religious um, reasons but just having an element of that in day-to-day or or maybe us you know men and women we just need to strike out and say actually I want to wear this but I, I don't want to you know put my on show or wear something really tight on my bum or whatever and and I think the other thing is I am a little bit on the big busted side and it's kind of hard not to make a point of them sometimes isn't it (laughs) yeah exactly exactly you know and
0: (laughs) it's that the bit in the middle is basically just to look pulled together and polished
1: Mm, well that's a word I learned from your podcast because I didn't even know this word pulled together and I actually wore something yesterday and thought to myself I don't think this is pulled together and I just Put a little belt on, and I was like, "Yeah, obviously been listening and reading all the right things."
0: <laughs> you but also, sorry, you sound to me like you would. If I was like, sort of do, styling you, and I was saying, "Right, what sort of cl- what sort of client is Sarah? What's her style?" I would think leaning on the classic side because of the you know you, you like to be pulled together and polished, but you are creative because you you've got, you know you're an entrepreneur. You've started your own business. You like Tatty Divine. You like these. You're drawn to these bright vibrant colours so I would always add a bit of I would call that edge and creative. Well that's
1: interesting actually because I I read a book uh, not long before Christmas which sort of said come up with your um your you know key words that you're going to use basically Um, am I allowed to credit the author at all is that okay yeah Yeah, I think it's Alexandra Fullerton I was really impressed with her book and she's um she's a stylist in in I think various women's magazines and 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 I did think to myself yeah I would go with classic I mean I can't say I'm I I think when I was younger I was polished I'm not sure where I left that (laughs) that went somewhere way back um I think out of work actress is probably more my style. I like that. <laughs> out
0: out of work. You're coming up with some great terms. We, last week we kept, so we've got out of work actress, which is something that I haven't coined yet. And also we did logical dressing, didn't we? Logical, logical, dressing. logical dressing. Yep. So if it's not logical, why the hell would I wear it? It's got to be logical.
1: Yeah, and also in neurodiversity, you've got the whole range of, um, of of gender and sexual orientations as well. We are very fluid people. So you get a lot of people in the neurodivergent community who might be, for example, non-binary or they might be asexual. And then I think to myself, what do they make of the clothing world? Because you know if everything is either frumpy I mean you know you might get loads of people say well actually I don't agree with that and there's loads of stuff in in between frumpy and and sex siren but yeah what what do other people make of that who are on the spectrum I wonder um I don't know in the wider community I mean I've never come across a neurodivergent person who's a crazed fashion fan but that doesn't mean you know that that could, you know, we're famous for having our special interests that we sort of geek geek on about. And, you know, maybe there are neurodivergent people for whom that is their thing. And it might be fashion, yeah. That might yeah. be the,
0: you know, it could be the special interest side. Perhaps. Totally, yeah. Um, but I you know, I think. You know, to not look frumpy because a lot of classic people, if you like classic dressing, looking pulled together and all of that, and polished, you can feel too formal and frumpy quite easily. So the way way to get around that is do what you're doing, which is to just add something quite wacky. You know, add something of interest, a twist. So Mm -hmm. twist classic with creativity, classic with edge. Stick those bright earrings on. Put something bright, a bright belt. You know, maybe just a bright jacket or some chunky edgy flat boots something like that if you just add a little something that's going to elevate the outfit then you won't feel frumpy and that's in that's in the middle so if I was styling that's, it right. that's what I would I've just I've just just gone off and styled you without you even asking but I'm I just... know right <laughs> how much do <through> <laughs> uh, I owe you sorry on the side
1: up. i can't help myself sorry i get get carried away Um, no but you know what what you've said i think is really important to neurodivergent people who want to experiment because when we first give ourselves permission and we finally start to get to grips with who we are in our 40s and 50s and 60s um i think the next thing especially if you're on the adhd side is how do i get started because you need that first step you need that first impetus and it, it can be This might sound strange, but it can be overwhelming because, you know, we might for a start, a lot of the reasons that people who are neurodivergent have difficulty in moving forward on a particular project on, it can often be that there's a a sort of um, unpleasant emotional attachment. And for us, it might be, well, we were the geeks at school, we were bullied or... We were the outliers, you know, sometimes happy people on the edge, sometimes lonely people on the edge. And all of that is connected with style and fashion, isn't it? Because, you know, if you weren't in the in crowd, do you then give yourself permission to be stylish? So I I would say that the way I've done it is exactly what, you know, you've just said, just dress what you want to wear and 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 ask yourself is this me and then just try that one thing and that's what i've been doing and and i'm at the beginning of my journey and actually it does make a massive difference and you do feel like you're expressing yourself more and not just doing you know not just wearing the uniform to be socially acceptable i'm not prepared to do that i'd rather look like hell on earth than follow the crowd because that's what you do because yeah. i just don't get the logic in doing that which i makes me a very unnatural fashion follower to start with, do you know what I mean,
0: yeah, so I uh, that is really interesting to me, so you were saying, as so well, you weren't at school, you weren't into fashion you you would laugh say you were wearing your mask, <laughs> you weren't into fashion, but you know because you don't want to follow the crowd, that's an instinctive thing but mm. you know that you feel that you know that you don't belong, which can be quite a lonely place
1: it's double-edged yeah
0: that's double-edged um but then you know the permission things coming because you're like you know I've always been the geek so why why should I now be interested in fashion well there is no time limit there is no time you know and the the older you get one of the gifts because I want to be really positive about because I've really enjoyed this chat and I want to you know sort of round it up on a really positive note one of the gifts of getting older is the self-awareness that you oh yeah that you come into and you know and how understanding yourself just basically increases your power and your peace and your well-being totally and, mm. and you know and if adding some fashion you should it, it doesn't mean just because you were the geek at school and you were you felt on the outskirts and all those things that you have to always be like that and you're not allowed to enjoy fashion or dress nicely and I think it's it's a shame to to stay in that mindset isn't
1: it yeah absolutely we have the choice now to just go actually we can shake that off that's decades old Mm. and I think the point you made about creativity is super important I work with this really great um, I work with a yoga therapist Katie Morfling and an emotional regulation coach Susan Issa and working with the two of them has meant that I have been able to unleash creativity and when the lockdown hit my creativity just went absolutely berserk and I remember saying to someone at the beginning of 2020 oh I'm just not a creative person I just don't have imagination um you know I'd like to write and and yeah I I, some things I was really good at some things I was really poor at which then means you come in at average doesn't it and you just don't think of yourself in, in a way that you shine at much but actually what Katie said to me was amazing she said to me Sarah until lockdown the world just said no to you all the time because you were just masking all the time you were just knackered working hard and then lockdown happened and you didn't have to deal with people and when you did they saw you from the waist up on zoom and you could control what meetings you took and you didn't have to leave the house and we're not anti-social people but a lot of us are very social but we do have our way i I like to live behind double glazing i I love to see people happy i love to be around people but i like to watch them and and be separate because that's how i live and cope and enjoy life and um and so when katie said that to me i was like oh my god it's true in march lockdown happened my world just went whoosh and all the amazing things that are happening with the company are are since actually the end of lockdown it's all really recent that my creativity has been unleashed and with that comes everything that creativity means including taking an interest in what you're wearing you know so it's it's all part and parcel of as you say understanding yourself but my goodness have I really realized that yes the world does say no to neurodivergent people an awful lot and people actually with all disabilities to be honest I know everyone has something everyone has something that makes them feel they might be weird or different or not good enough my goodness I think we're all guilty of that but it is true some people are more enabled than others and I'm part of the all-party parliamentary group for inclusive entrepreneurship and that is all about people having their own businesses in all sectors when they have a protective characteristic notably disability so yeah the world is often saying no to us but you know at the moment I think people like me are having a kind of renaissance if we ever if we ever were popular to start with and and we're realizing our potential my goodness that's amazing when you're in your 40s or or 50s or 60s because some of my counseling clients are you know much older than me and they're just starting on their journey and to hear you say something like, well, it doesn't matter how old you are because self-awareness is a gift for people as they get older. That is one of the gifts of, of growing older. And and I just think that's a wonderful starter point for giving ourselves permission and, and also not feeling full of regret that, oh, why didn't I do this before? Because that's the problem, isn't it? You get given this opportunity. You could then waste it by
0: wishing oh, yeah. you had it for decades. <laughs> yeah, but that, that, that's the thing, not to, to, to try not to do that. We all do that, but it's, you know, because you weren't, able to then you weren't like that wasn't where that wasn't where you were on your journey kind of thing so now you Mm. are you know open hopefully I hope you know it's going to open up doors of joy and lots of tatty divine and (laughs) all sorts of amazing things but I've spoken to you a couple of times so I can tell instantly that you're creative and especially entrepreneurs are always creative people as well if you're like that you know someone who's driven in that way Mm. so what what is the name of the connect of the inclusive fashion label just so i can get it really clear
1: on the podcast. so e3 concept with a k in toronto um e3 they do concept. make e3 concept yeah but our collaboration um is going to be available in britain and then the rest of europe well the rest of europe we're not europe now are we um uh during the course of 2021 so um yeah so that's really exciting but for the moment the e3 concepts and their uh, brand that's not to do with me they are yeah based in toronto they ship internationally i believe um yeah okay, really amazing. Amazing I mean, ladies.
0: that is fantastic and where can people find your have you got a website wired differently what's
1: the website? yeah it's wired
0: Okay, brilliant. Okay, that is so fantastic. What a great chat. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me. Take care and stay safe. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode today and it was useful and as ever if there's anything that you would like me to cover specifically on the podcast drop me an email lisa at lisagilbystyle.com and I will give you a shout out on the podcast and thank you so much to Sarah Louise for coming along and sharing her story today and I wish her lots and lots of luck on her style journey and until next time take care.